Well, let me ask you a couple of questions here, okay? What are some ways that we like to be comfortable and at ease in life? What are some ways we like to be comfortable and at ease? In our PJs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of them at Walmart, too, haven't it? Yeah. yeah. In my recliner. Recliner, all right. In your PJs. What else? How about just central air and heat? Yeah. Katrina made me realize just how the brain that I cooked. Oh, yeah. What else? Well, how about a vehicle? And uh, I've never had this problem. Maybe you have, but I sure do like the indoor toilet. You know? They are not. Yeah. It's not what we used to use. Yeah. Well, and thinking about uh, the comfort and the ease that we like in life, what are some ways that we like to be comfortable in the church? Any ideas? You can go back to the heating and air again, can't you? <laughs> Comfortable seats. Comfortable seats, okay. All right. Yeah, we just want things to be easy, don't we? Just be easy and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I'm going to show you these pictures that are, I've ran across them before, but and my printer doesn't do the best job, so I'll pass this around to you in a minute. In 2015, Philippines had typhoon. That's nothing new, is it? Yeah, they had flooding a lot. And these are some pictures from church over there. And you could see them sitting in the pews with flooded water. You can see them, you know, walking to church in that, standing, worshiping in the flood. And uh, it's kind of like we'd look at that and say, we ain't going today, are we? <laughs> you know, but, but they we just opened the door to uh-uh. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Wow. But you know, I look at something like that. Exactly. I look at something like that and say, you know, would we suffer even that much for Jesus? You know, would we suffer? They probably do. They probably do. In the in the water. And aren't they in uh, lawn chairs too? Some of them in lawn chairs. Talking about comfortable seating, I'm not sure about that. As a big guy, I worry about them lawn chairs and plastic lawn chairs. But anyway. Yeah. We don't, you know, here in America, we don't think of the idea of suffering for Christ too much, do we? You know, it's not something that we. We don't really come in contact with persecution a lot like some of these other churches around the world. We we don't go to church and really think about is the police going to come in and arrest us? Is is there a bomb going to go off? It does cross our mind sometimes about a gun, though, doesn't it? 
you know, but we do we do have some of some of it, but not like some of these, you know. But I want us to see here tonight that Jesus, you know, Jesus tells us time and time again that if we're a Christian, we're going to be persecuted. And so what does that suffering look like? We, and how can we be ready if suffering comes our way? And I want to share with you some different ways tonight and show you that suffering for him is not just like bodily harm or death, but some other ways as well. So before we get into those ways, I want you to look at chapter 14, verse 8 through 10, and to kind of rem remind us of our purpose before we get into the suffering. So look at verse 8 through 10. In Lystra, a man was sitting who was without strength in his feet, had never walked, and been lame for birth. He listened as Paul spoke, and after looking directly at him and seeing that he had faith to be healed, Paul said in a loud voice, Stand up on your feet. And he jumped up and began to walk around. Now, how about this? Now, Paul and Barnabas are here on the first missionary journey. We know that they've already been to the island of Cyprus. They've come over now to uh, Asia Minor, Tur what we know as Turkey today. They went up to Antioch, Poseidon, uh, Poseidon Antioch. They've come down to the city of Lystra now. And they're still in that area of kind of Turkey. And, uh, and so they're in Lystra. And while they're there, we don't see where they go to a Jewish synagogue like they normally do. There must not have been any or many at all believers there to even have a synagogue. But somewhere, Paul was preaching. And he sees this man there, the man that's never been able to walk. And the man is listening to Paul, and Paul, for somehow, I guess through the Holy Spirit, can look at him and tell that he is receptive to what Paul is saying, that he has accepted what he believes in faith. And he looks at him and said, uh, stand up on your feet. And he does. Says he began to jump up and walk around. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never seen anybody healed like that. But I've seen people that's been spiritually healed. We've seen people that have got saved, haven't we? We've seen people that have turned from a life of sin and turned to a life of Christ. And boy, those are the highs in Christianity, isn't it? You know, and that's our purpose is to share the gospel, to see lives transformed. Like this guy's life was transformed. And it's the, those times that I believe that help us get through the times of suffering as well. And so still here in Lystra, Paul begins to go through some suffering here. The first one kind of humorous here, but it's misunderstood intentions in verse 11 and 12. Misunderstood intentions. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted saying in the Lyconian language, the gods had come down to us in human form. Barnabas they called Zeus and Paul Hermes because he was the chief speaker. All right, so the people there in this town, as I said, are not any or not many believers. And the first thing these pagan Gentiles think of is these are the Greek gods that have come down uh, among us. Uh, now we know that in Greek mythology that uh, the god of all the gods is known as Zeus and uh, Hermes is kind of known as the fast runner, also known as the one that would deliver messages. 
And in Roman mythology, it's known as Jupiter and Mercury uh, would be their names. But here the crowd thinks that they're the, the, the Greek gods that have come down in the flesh. And there's this big misunderstanding, and we're going to see why Paul and Barnabas react to this. Now, have you ever had somebody have a misunderstanding about you? I was in revival one time where I was, I was just a youth minister, and we, we'd go and we'd take the pastor and his family out to eat when I was over in Alabama. And they invited me to come along just because I was on staff, not because I was doing anything, but because I was on staff. And the lady, uh, the, past, the guest pastor's uh, wife, he looked at, she looked at me and said, you're a Jew, aren't you? I said, I said no. I she said, you come from a Jewish family. I said, no. She said, you look Jewish. And I, I just couldn't get through her mind. I'm not Jewish, you know. <laughs> and we, but, you know, we have misunderstandings about us where we have to kind of clarify some things. And misunderstandings can be, you know, very harmless, can't they? But if they carry on, they can be harmful, aren't they? And so some of the, the things that we deal with sometimes is misunderstandings. You know, uh, you could do something and somebody take it the wrong way, you know. And so misunderstood intentions is one way that we suffer as Christians. Another is the fact that we just wrestle with our pride. Look at verse 13. It says, The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the town, brought bulls and wreaths to the gates because he intended with the crowds to offer sacrifice. Now here... They already think that this is Zeus and Hermes that have come in the flesh, these Greek gods. Word got to this priest outside of town really quick, and he begins rushing with bulls and reefs. They're going to worship Paul and Barnabas. Now, you know, Paul and Barnabas could have said, that's right, y'all can worship me, and put, put it up on a pedestal. You know, and some people like to play, you know, the hero, don't they? You know, in I think that's something that pastors have to watch out for. You can you can become the hero to people, can't you? You know, and it's something that we have to do is wrestle with our pride and lift up Christ and not lift up ourselves. So one way we suffer is the internal suffering where we wrestle with our own self. Another way that we suffer is when the truth is distorted. Look at verse 14 through 18. The apostles Barnabas and Paul tore their robes uh, when they heard this and rushed into the crowd shouting, people, why are you doing these things? We're people also just like you and we're proclaiming good news to you that you turn from these worthless things to the living God who made the heaven, the earth, the sea and everything in them. In past generations, he allowed all the nations to go their own way although he did not leave himself without a witness, since he did what is good by giving you rain from heaven and fruitful seasons and filling you with food and your hearts with joy. And even though they said these things, they barely stopped the crowds from sacrificing to him. And so I don't know if you caught this, but at first when they were began to praise Paul and Barnabas, they were speaking in their own language, their Lyconian language, Paul and Barnabas didn't understand. They see the guy now coming with the wreaths and the bull. They understand. They said, whoa, let's put a stop to this. You're, you're misunderstanding. And he said, this is not the truth. 
let me tell you what the truth is. And he tells them the truth about salvation of Jesus Christ, doesn't it? And how many times have you been in church or maybe watch a pastor on TV or maybe even read some on Facebook and said, that just is not the truth. Satan is very good at taking the truth and just not making it all the way where you realize that it's not truth, but he just moves it just a little to make it look like the truth where it's a distortion of what it is. And you know, sometimes we have to deal with that in our doctrine. We have to make sure that we're believing correctly and, and, and correct things when we hear. And Paul and Barnabas, they jumped and corrected very quickly, didn't they? Another way that we can suffer is that the crowd turns against us. It seems like everybody's against us. Verse 19, some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and when they won over the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city thinking he was dead. And so here the crowds turned against Paul and Barnabas. Uh, as you know, he had been in, they had been preaching in uh, Poseidon Antioch. They had been preaching in uh, Iconium as well, and Poseidon Antioch was 100 miles away but yet he stirred up some there that they came over and said, we're about to turn this city against you. And he got everybody and turned against Paul. And you know, do you ever feel like that sometimes where the whole world feels, you feel like the whole world's against you, that everybody just like is coming against you. And no matter if, you, if you're right or not, it, sometimes when we stand for Christ, it feels like that the world is against us, doesn't it? So that's one of the ways we suffer. Another is in that same verse there in verse 19, is bodily harm or death. They thought that they had killed Paul, didn't they? Yet they had just hurt him. And you know, like I said, it may not come in our country to where that affects us, but it might. And I just wonder, if I, I think all the time, if somebody was coming come into a room where we're all sitting down and said, if you believe in Christ, stand up, you're gonna die right now. Would we stand up? Would we believe enough to be able to do that, you know? And so the bodily harm or death is another way we can suffer. But here we see in verse 20, something really neat. is that no matter how much suffering that Paul faced here in Lystra, that he continued on regardless. Look at verse 20. It says, after the disciples gathered around him, he got up, he went into town, and then the next day he left with Barnabas for Derby. The man had just been stoned. He'd just been left for dead. If I was able to get up, I wouldn't have gone back into town. But he gets up, he goes back into town, spend the night, and then leaves the next day. It's like it didn't bother him. It didn't phase him. You know, that's hard to let things roll off of our shoulders sometimes, isn't it? Especially when somebody does something against us. But when we suffer for Christ, we can need to continue on regardless. And so we may never be asked to give our life for Jesus, but we'll probably face some of these other sufferings. And the question we need to ask is, how are we going to respond? All right.